Hello, and welcome to Episode 6 in this series, Managing Contractors and Vendors. I'm Jim Everett with Think180, and in this episode, our focus is on preparing to select a vendor. You'll find this episode helpful once you have defined and scoped the work to be outsourced and you're ready to start evaluating vendors. You want to select the right one for your project, the vendor who will deliver the results you want in the way you want. In Episode 5, we talked about scoping the work. Now that you've done that, you know what needs to be done and how you want it done. You can begin the selection process. Getting properly prepared before you make a selection can help avoid the hassle and extra work that come from engaging a vendor who doesn't fit. The first thing you need to do is figure out what kind of vendor you need. List what capabilities, experience and approach they should have for this particular project. What kind of business model do you expect them to have? One that will work best for this project or program with your company. What kind of vendor will deliver the results you need, adapt to changes and accommodate the workloads your project will have? You need to check back with your business or operational reasons for outsourcing this project in the first place and note the priorities. Maybe you already have a vendor in mind. Even so, are they the best fit? Do you need to look further? It's important that you reduce the risk that you choose or engage the wrong vendor. Unless you get the best fit for your needs, you could make extra work for yourself and compromise the results. So here are some tips. There are 10 altogether. The first is using a request for proposal. Unless you are convinced that you have a best fit vendor available, it makes sense to create a request for proposal or RFP. If you are sourcing a vendor from scratch, the RFP is critical to this process. However, for small jobs, you may not need an RFP process, particularly when you are already working with a vendor. But you will need to create a statement of work that sets out the job to be done, the terms and conditions, and underlying assumptions. If you are reviewing or continuing a contract on the same work with a vendor you are happy with, there is no need for an RFP. Now you are ready to create your RFP. And this is a real art. Anyone can throw together a quick RFP, but there is a skill and solid thinking required to create one that will be the foundation of selecting and engaging the best fit vendor and creating an effective business outcome. Point number two, the role of purchasing. Many companies require vendor selection and engagement to be done by the purchasing department, Often, purchasing will have a list of preferred vendors as a way of streamlining and controlling external resources used by the company. The difficulty is that purchasing may go for the lowest bid or take a commodity approach rather than integrating best fit vendors with the business. You may be expected to choose from the preferred vendor list unless you can present a compelling case for an alternative. Very often, Purchasing is responsible for payment of vendors and therefore has a vested interest in being part of ensuring that the deliverables and service levels specified in the contract are met across the whole company. If you go to Think180's website, you'll find a popular article about the involvement of purchasing departments in the vendor selection and management process. And this leads us to the third point, going outside the preferred vendor list you may need to put forward a case for skills and expertise that is not available within the existing list or a vendor with the ability to complete the project within an unusually short period of time. 
If the vendor is working closely with your team or delivering critical support to a customer directly, then the vendor's style and their unique business model may be a critical factor. So point four is the style of the vendor and the relationship you have with them. What kind of relationship will the vendor have with your company? Are you looking purely for delivery against set standards or will you be meeting with them and planning as you go along? For more about the differences between delivery vendors and those who integrate more with your business, refer to the Think 180 Matrix article on our website. It will guide you in setting priorities in your selection criteria. So, point number five, what to include in the RFP. The purpose of the RFP is to provide the vendor with what they need to create a realistic proposal and to put forward their best approach and estimate. It also helps ensure that all vendors propose against the same set of requirements. This makes it easier for you to compare one vendor against another. There is a short article on creating effective RFPs on Think180 website. In our workshops and consulting work, we provide detailed guidance and coaching to our clients in creating effective RFPs. And there is also a lot of other good material on the market in books and online to help you. Now, point number six often comes up, and that is disclosing the budget, quite a sensitive issue. Do you tell the vendors the budget for the project or program? In my experience, some guidelines here for the vendor who is proposing are very helpful. Helpful to the vendor in gauging the size and standard of the project or program and helpful to you in having the vendors bid against a common understanding. If you don't give them some indication of the monetary value, you may find you have wildly differing proposals with those at the high and low end way out of alignment with your needs. In practice, you need to look at it on a case-by-case basis for each project or program. Clients often ask us to work with them in making judgments like this. Point seven, what makes a good RFP? The best RFP is one that clearly explains the work to be done, size and scope, the standards you want, how you want the vendor to work and what will be important to you in choosing the right vendor. Clearly, there are many elements that go into making up effective RFPs, but I will list 10 that will give you a good start. Number one, The program background is explained and objectives for the program are listed. Number two, the work requirements are clearly described, including assumptions. Point number three, cost constraints and priorities are spelled out. Point four, the scope of work is clearly and unambiguously defined. Number five, milestones are defined and schedules clearly set out. Number six, service levels required are described in clear detail. Number seven, all information required for an effective response is listed. Number eight, other information you need, such as previous work the vendor may have done, is requested. Number nine, the format that you require the proposal in is clearly shown. This increases consistency between proposals and makes it easier to compare. And the final point, number 10, an appropriate amount of time is allowed for the vendors to prepare proposals. Now moving along with our overall tips, we come to the eighth point, which is where you find potential vendors to propose on your job. Here are a few places to start. Vendors who have worked with your company before or who have been checked and listed as preferred vendors, possibly prepared by purchasing. Vendors you have worked with before with other companies, professional organizations and associations or trade journals. 
checking with your network of colleagues in other companies, online directories, advertisements and buyer's guides, online searches and reviews of vendors' own websites. The ninth point, getting the RFP out to the candidates. Now that you have your RFP and you have identified a list of prospective vendors to send this to, you can create your cover letter inviting proposals. Before you send this out, it is important to make personal contact with the vendor so that you have a clear line of communication and have identified the person to address the proposal to. They also know who they can go to for any clarifications. And one more thing, point number 10. Once you have sent out the RFP, if you do get questions or requests for clarifications or even extensions, it's important and ethical to share your explanation or additional information or leeway with the other candidates, not just the ones who ask. So I hope this has provided you with some basic information to help you get started. As I mentioned, there is more material and resources available on the Think180 website. Just click and go to Ensure Vendor Effectiveness page, then note the resources listed at the right, including a link to these podcasts and the transcripts as PDFs. And if you need our services, Think180 is available to provide training or experience consultation. In our next episode, we will look at reviewing vendors against the selection criteria. We will cover how to interview and compare, and do additional checking. We will give you tips on how to make the final selection before moving forward and offering a contract. Thanks for listening. I hope this has been helpful to you in preparing for your vendor selection. As always, we welcome feedback and success stories, as well as questions you may have. Please feel free to share this podcast with your colleagues. Our email address is podcast at think180.com. 